Love Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we're going to take Honey, love has come and gone, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Come on. Hello, divas. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to the most dazzling radio show dedicated to people touched by diabetes. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and I'm here to guide you through a whirlwind of fireworks, flip-flops, and 50 years of living with diabetes, because you're listening to Diva Talk Radio, and it's our second anniversary. Now, summer for me is all about music, so I wanted this month's Diva inspiration to be someone from the music world. Of course, if you've been following Diva Bedick, you know Madonna's one of my favorites, but the MDNA album and the recent wardrobe malfunction in Rome crossed her off the list. Although I do have two friends working on the tour, Pam Lewis and Nikki Richards, we want to say a big shout out to you. So Madonna's not my diva inspiration, nor is Nicki Minaj, because I did not enjoy that performance at the Grammys. So I'm going with the reigning pop superstar of the moment, Miss Katy Perry. And I love her because I love the Bob Mackie-inspired costumes so much, but I'm also fascinated by the fact that she overcame years of rejection and disappointment, kept staying true to her dreams, and finally succeeded. Today, Katy Perry is a record-breaker with her Teenage Dream album. She's been the first album in the Billboard history of the pop charts to have five number one singles. So that's the kind of diva attitude we're celebrating tonight. And to help me celebrate my second year anniversary, I'd like to welcome the Charlie's Angels of Our. Ole, 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 ole. That's right. They're hot, hot, hot. These are three of the hottest diabetes educators around the country ready to give their opinions on tonight's hot topic. Please welcome Judy Wilcox from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hey, Max. Hi, Judy. Patricia Addy Gentle from Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Max. Hello, Patricia. And all the way from Los Angeles, California, it's Deborah Norman. Thank you, Max. And I'm giving you the applause tonight, Deborah, because rumor has it, as Adele likes to sing right now on the radio, that you recently received a grant for an innovative um, innovative care treatment for diabetes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I would be thrilled to, Max. I work in a hospital, and so many of our, pa- of our patients who come into the hospital, for whatever reason, delivering babies, car accidents often have been taking care of their diabetes for so many years, and when they come into the hospital, we take away that control. So my project is to give them back their control, and one of the ways we do that is by offering menus with carb counting number with carb um, numbers on them so that the patients know how many carbohydrates they're eating, and we adjust the insulin accordingly. This makes the patient feel safer, more in control, and it seems we do a better job. 
Is it helping also with the nurse, uh, the nurses and the assistant nurses? Because I feel like there's always some lag time. I've talked to several people who've been in the hospital who are living with diabetes, and they feel sometimes the people on staff right there tending to them 24-7 don't know as much about their diabetes as they do. It's increasing diabetes consciousness, absolutely. We're paying attention to what people are eating, and we're collaborating with the patient to give them better care. And what about if someone's wearing an insulin pump? How, is that taken into consideration? Because new technologies come out every day, and I would just be curious how the hospital's teams are dealing with that. Absolutely. We have a pump policy that um, allows patients to maintain their self-care in the, while in the hospital and to um, cover them in case there's an emergency or they can no longer use the pump. So we're a very pump-friendly hospital. I love it. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you another round of applause. Yay! Wow. Hello, Katy Perry, Deborah. Um, getting a grant is no easy feat, so congratulations to you. Okay, angels, it's time for our hot topic. Tonight it relates to New York City and Mayor Bloomberg. He has a recently proposed a supersized soda band. And this is barring restaurants, movie theaters, sports arenas, food carts, and delis from selling soda and other sugary drinks in servings larger than 16 ounces. He says it's his way to fight obesity in a city that spends millions and billions of dollars a year on weight-related health problems. Opponents say the city is overstepping its authority and infringing on personal freedom. Deborah, Norman, what do you think? I think the city is starting the conversation, and we need to talk about it. We need to talk about what we're eating and how much we're eating. Nobody really needs more than 16 ounces. I don't care if the laws pass. All I really care about is that people are talking about it. What do you think, though, about people saying that it could be a huge setback to fighting obesity because, one, Unless it succeeds, it will poison the water for better solutions, and two, if it, it just won't succeed. Interesting. You know, I don't buy it. I think that the conversation has to move towards better food and better health care, and it's impossible for us to not think about what we're eating because when you look around, we really have a problem. All right, well, I know that a 20-ounce bottle of soda is equivalent to 17 teaspoons of straight sugar, Judy Wilcox from Michigan, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that if this law is passed, it's kind of like you can't really mandate health care. People still will have a choice to go into other places and get soda. So I kind of agree with Deborah. We've got to start the conversation. My idea is what if somebody buys a small soda, we give them a coupon to go exercise somewhere, and try to put the conversation towards physical education and putting exercise back in the schools instead of um, just debating whether or not to have a supersized soda, which is only one of the portion things we need to control. Well, like someone who was at the Million Big Gulp March yesterday at the City Hall, he had a sign that said, obesity is not a sign of liberty, Judy. What do you think to that? Well, I think that people 
you can't tell people they can't be obese. You can try to show them another option to try to live a different lifestyle and show them different activities they can do because people are entitled to their rights. And if they want to drink soda, they're going to go get a big gulp and it's going to have as much sugar in it as they want. So by teaching them, trying to open the conversation, like Deborah said, to say, let's look at another option. And even trying different types of sodas, like there's these new sodas that came out called dry sodas, and they only have got 15 grams of carbohydrate in 12 ounces. They're sweetened with cane sugar, and there's Q sodas that are made with agave nectar that have 15 grams of carbohydrate. So it might be showing that there is an alternative because we have to change the culture. And we have to start with the children and start with families and trying to help people see that there are other options. All right. Well, I'm saving the best for last. Patricia, you're from Atlanta. Atlanta hosted the Olympics in 1987. Now the London Assembly is proposing that the International Olympic Committee should adopt strict criteria for sponsorship of the Games, which would mean they would ban Coca-Cola from being at the Olympics. What do you think wow. of this? What do you think of the soda ban? What are, what are you thinking? How do you think the South would react to something like this? That's tough. And being from Atlanta and, and living up to the name of Hot Atlanta and knowing that the beverage is very important. However, I do agree with the other ladies. Um, you know, the conversation is, is great to get that conversation started, and I'm happy that we're even addressing this hot topic tonight. Um, Sugar definitely needs to be modified and curtailed in mostly everybody's uh, diet plan, whether they're in the South or where, wherever they are, because obesity is the biggest culprit in um, all of the chronic diseases that we are seeing lately. However, um, this particular mandate might not be the solution. However, it does start minds thinking. And, um, you know, if you're not um, changing the mindset, that is the biggest factor, the mindset. Give options, open the conversation, give rationales. Education is utmost. So once we get the mindset changed, then our majority of the public hopefully would adapt to different choices rather than those sugar, sugary beverages. But if you're not taking sugar out of everything else or at least modifying the amount of sugar, we would just see people buying more and more of the smaller sizes. The super size really has nothing to do with it. If they want it, they're going to get it some way, somehow. And if they put take sugary beverages out of delis and sporting events, then you will buy the eight ounces in multiple quantities, and you will see a rise in those sales. So I don't see that being the solution, but it is a good topic for conversation to have us to start thinking in the right direction. I agree, and if you really want to take part in this, you could go on Facebook. My friend, High Voltage, has a website, energyup.org, and you could join the Thumbs Down to Sugar campaign. Great job, Angels. I really enjoy the conversation tonight. Right now, though, it's time for Food Isle Face-Off. Let's get ready to rumble! 
going to compare two similar food products in the aisle of your local grocery store and learn which one's a better option with the help of foodie Judge Judy Wilcox, a registered dietitian and diabetes educator. Are you ready, Judy? I'm ready, Max. And okay. talking about staying hydrated in this hot weather, we need some beverages, huh? We do, and that's why tonight's food aisle face-off is between sweet tea and lemonade. Well, when we look at both of these drinks, they're both loaded with sugar, but when I looked up sweet tea and found out it takes five cups of sugar to make uh, a couple quarts of sweet tea, that really adds the sweetness into that drink. Now, lemonade only uses about one cup of sugar, but beyond that, there's some different alternatives like like teas that are unsweetened that you can add some flavoring to, like chamomile or lavender. In fact, Max, I've been experimenting making some of my own flavored teas by mixing green tea with lavender and turmeric and adding a different flavor to it and a little bit of mint, which there's no sugar in the tea at all. So hands down, Max, it's the unsweetened teas with a little bit of flavor. All right, and um, I've always heard this rumor, though, that if you have sweetened beverage, like sugary beverages during the hot months or you, you start drinking them, you just want more and more and more. It just makes you more thirsty. Is that true or false? I think it's true because the sugar just keeps making you crave more sugar. You know, your body just responds, and especially if you have diabetes, the more sugar you take in, if you've got insulin resistance, you're not making enough insulin, so you keep craving more and more, and it really never satisfies your taste. The ultimate best thing to satisfy thirst is water, but people like flavored beverages. So uh, you could make some, like, waters that you could put sliced lemons or oranges in to have some essence waters. Uh, you could put cucumber slices, even um, honeydew melon into water. makes it taste very flavorful. And around all the farmer's markets, there's delicious fresh fruits that you can add to your water. But I'm telling you, I've been trying these teas, and they are delish. In fact, I tried them with, uh, they had a little taste panel the other day, and everybody wants me to be making teas for them. So you you just get some loose green tea and go down to your local market. You could go to your farmer's market and just buy a couple, you know, pieces of lavender and just take the buds off and throw it into, you can buy like a little muslin bag and, and just mix it together, and that tea is just so flavorful that you won't even miss the sugar. Well, what I love, too, is I've been reading People magazine, and Paula Dean, who's a newly anointed diabetic, uh, just lost 30 pounds, and the first thing she did to change her diet, she said, was get rid of the sweet tea. You know, I just read that in another food magazine about a guy who just gave up his soda and sweet tea, and he lost 55 pounds in six months, just so, giving up all the amount of soda and tea. So there we go back to that culture. We have to change our culture. You know? And you and I are going to keep on having this discussion because guess what, Judy Wilcox? It's time for Dining Out with a Dietitian. Oh, boy. dining out with me tonight to help our listeners aim to become better eaters, not perfect eaters. 
when they're ordering off the menu, and I just let the cat out of the bag by telling you we're going to California Pizza Kitchen because Deborah Norman's over there, and I thought, why not have pizza in California? Oh, absolutely love it. <laughs> so, uh, Judy, I'm looking at the menu, which I have to say, in New York City, Mayor Bloomberg made sure they put the calories on the menu. But the thing that I'm most interested in is they have a quinoa salad, which sounds interesting because it looks like it's gluten-free. And I'm just wondering, should I get that? Is that good for me? What is that? Well, what gluten-free means is that that is usually people that have celiac disease are sensitive to gluten. And it's a protein that occurs in some grains. So you have to avoid a few different items and uh, Things like, and quinoa is not a grain. It's actually a seed mat. So it looks kind of like couscous, and it cooks like rice, and it's really high in fiber. What does it taste so, like? That's what everyone's going to want to know who's listening. Well, have you ever tasted, like, couscous or brown rice? It's, yes, I, no, it, I do. I like brown rice, and I like Well, it kind of tastes like that, but it's a little bit smaller particle, so it's kind of nutty tasting, and it picks up the flavor of whatever you're eating. So in this salad, which is awesome, there's arugula and red onion, sun-dried tomatoes, pine nuts, and there's a little bit of a champagne vinaigrette, which you can control the portion of if you just ask for light dressing. And this really increases the fiber. The things you need to avoid if you want a gluten-free diet would be things like flour, wheat, barley, rye, spelt, and semolina. And, you know, Max, you were talking about calories. If we talk about how many calories might be in this salad, this is probably about six or 700. But when you look at a lot of the items on the California Pizza Kitchen menu, most of the items range between 1,500 to 3,000 calories. What does that mean to you, Max? I mean, I'm looking at the works. It's 13. 1,350, 1,350 calories. So, I mean, that seems like in one meal I'm having more than half the calories I should have in the entire day. Well, if we take the average amount of calories, which they list on the food label to be 2,400 calories, and not everybody follows that because, you know, we kind of do calories according to our height and size, but we'll use that as an average. But we're going to say if that was 1,350 calories, that would be almost half of your calories for the whole day. So you have to look at that in proportion, talking about portion control, to how much you're eating for the whole day. So if it was a pizza that was about 3,000 calories, you you probably have to share that with somebody. And, and then if you get into adding a soda or a dessert or a salad and of those fabulous breadsticks, you probably are over the top. No, you're right, and I think that's why it's so important when you're dining out to bring friends like Deborah and you with me. <laughs> so we <laughs> can try a little bit of everything, huh? <laughs> and I'm definitely going to try the quinoa. You made it sound so delicious, and I hope listeners, if you're listening to this, I'll post that menu item on our Divabetic blog. But right now, it's all about divas. It's all about our second anniversary. I'm ready to pass the boa. Hello, Diva, oh, hello, Diva. It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. Yes, 
Yes, that's right. Let's meet tonight's diabetes numerology game contestant and real-life diva living with type 1 diabetes, Betty from Philadelphia, PA. Hello, Betty. Hi, Max. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to have you celebrating our second anniversary with us because you have been living with diabetes for quite a long time, and I would love you to share a little bit of your story with everyone listening. Yes, I've been living with type 1 diabetes for 53, this is my 53rd year. Congratulations for living so well with diabetes. Yes, July was my 53rd year. And what was it like 53 years ago? Oh, it was the dark ages. <laughs> dark ages. We used glass syringes that you had to boil every time, and that in a detachable needle every time you took a shot. Animal insulin, and uh, it was everything was very archaic. <laughs> now, now you know compared to nowadays. There were no glucose monitoring machines. You tested your urine in a tube. At one time, they had a pill that you'd put so much urine and so much water in, and then you dropped the pill, and whatever color came up told you you had sugar in your urine, but it didn't tell you how much. And then they had a tape that you would also, another time, put in a tube. And it would turn different colors to tell you, you know, you had sugar in your urine. Now, um, there's been so much new technology in over 53 years. For so many people, it's so overwhelming. What I found really interesting about your story, Betty, is like 30 years into living with your diabetes, something changed for you. What was it? No, 40 years into living with diabetes, it changed. I became hypo-unaware. And um, my endocrinologist referred me to a certified diabetes educator who saved my life. His name is Gary Shiner, and he's my godsend. He taught me how to count carbs, how to, anyway, eventually he trained me for the pump after six months. And um, I've been living with a pump for 12 years now. So I was 40 years into uh, living with type 1 diabetes. And so you took on a pump when most people might have been around the age of retiring and it wasn't an issue for you? I because was, I know a lot I of people I was actually hesitate. retired. I I'm was so- actually retired. So- I had to retire at 50 because of my health. Okay, and so what do you say to people right now who are living with type 1 listening who are hesitating about going on the insulin pump? What would you tell them to urge them to go? What would you say if they if they were considering it? I would say to them if you want, you know, your life to be extended and to live a better life, to me the pump is is the way to go. It's almost like uh having a pancreas All right. That's the kind of attitude I want. So, Betty, are you ready to play Diabetes Numerology? I guess. Whatever that is. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because we are ready to take it. Are you ready? Honey, love it. Come and go. 
that love has always come and gone. That backup singer is always telling me the same story two years later. <laughs> Betty, I'm going to tell you what diabetes numerology is. It's our fabulous original game for self-care. And I'm, what's going to happen is I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Then I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with this situation. Next, the angels will discuss your solution and share some self-care tips. Remember, if you're oh, playing okay. along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor no, or your fabulous diabetes educator like Betty has to find out what your specific game plan should be. And visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game book downloads. Now, Betty, your diabetes numerology uh-huh. game is loosely based on the film Sparkle. Set in the 1960s, Three sisters form a girl group and soon become Motown sensations. Can we say Diana Ross? But fame becomes a challenge as the close-knit family begins to fall apart. The movie will be hitting theaters soon, starring Jordan Sparks and Whitney Houston. Here we go. Betty, your diabetes numerology situation. You're having cocktails with music executives after performing on stage with your sisters. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar value is... 225, what would you do? Well, for one thing, if I was going to have alcohol, I definitely would not bolus any insulin. I would wait until finish with the party and, you know, take care of stuff a little later because alcohol lowers your blood sugar. Okay. Al, let's hear what the angels have to say. Deborah Norman, you're first up. I'm going to go straight to the elephant in the room. Betty, I'm going to suggest you get a beautiful cocktail glass and you fill it with either a diet soda or some sparkling water and not have any alcohol at all and maybe attend attend to the diabetes first of all. All right. Patricia Addy Gentle, what do you want to say? I agree with Deborah. Diabetes is the overwhelming factor, and you need to address that number before anything else. Um, the 225, and the sparkling water sounds marvelous. In the cocktail glass will be camouflaged, and no one will ever know the difference. Uh, Patricia, 225, she just, she's having cocktails. Is alcohol, alcohol going to raise her blood sugar or lower it? Well, initially it's going to lower it. It will, it will increase uh, later after she has consumed it and it has fermented in the system. But the blood sugar, initially, she will have a low. Okay. And um, Judy Wilcox, what would you like to add? Well, what I'd like to add is sometimes you sparkle and shine and you're in the spotlight. And having that cocktail, you feel that peer pressure. And sometimes people, they, they drink out of, out of peer pressure. And there's a lot of people that overdrink. And this could come from some type of addictive behavior. And it could be just like overeating food and getting that sugar to 225. And it's like out of control. So saying you're not going to have a drink might not be a realistic thing. And, yeah, you'd want to have water, to That would be the best option. But it might be more important to find out why you need to have that drink. What alternatives there are. What, why when sometimes somebody has a, gives up alcohol do they start eating food if they give up food, why do they have become addicted to exercise? And trying to get some help to find out what it is that spot is in within you and recognizing that trigger within yourself that goes off why you need to have that drink. 
Great, great advice. And you know, Betty, for playing along with us tonight Mm -hmm. and helping us to raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners and a healthy chocolate basket from Lily at www.simple-approach-to-healthy-living.com. And you can click on that page for healthy chocolate to get more information. But right now, it's time to bring in my favorite. All right, everybody, it's Mother Your Diabetes. Uh, Betty, you're about to be my real-life mother. I'd love to share her with the world. And get a Mother Your Diabetes tip. Hello, Mama Rosemary. Hello, Max. How are you this evening? I'm great. I heard you got back from Florida, so let's hear your tip. I have a feeling it might have to do with vacations. Yes, it does. I was wondering if all these divas are planning a trip this summer. So whether they are planning on going camping or cruising, they can go anywhere and do almost anything. It just takes a little planning ahead to handle their diabetes, especially if you are traveling with insulin. Give some thought to whether you will be storing your supplies. Although insulin does not need to be refrigerated, it is stored in, if it is stored at a very hot or a very cold temperature, it may lose its strength. So be sure to plan ahead. This is Mama Rosemary saying ciao for now. All right, what a great tip. And Betty, are you there? Yes, I'm here. We're wrapping up the show, so I want to tell everyone to join us on Facebook, our fan and group pages, and like us a lot. Did you enjoy the show tonight? Yes, yes, very much. Yes, very different. Well, we enjoyed having everyone, and thank you all for celebrating our two-year anniversary. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. And be well in 2012. Thank you, Deborah, Patricia, Judy, Mama Rose, and a special thank you, thank you, thank you for Betty for sharing 50 wonderful years of living with diabetes with us. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to dance with us, baby?